Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, however, wherever, whenever you're listening. This is the Root for Wisconsin show, episode 25, coming at you from the Riverwood Gallery and Meaner True Value Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm our host and producer, Big E, Eric Fisher, joined this week by the one and only Justin Dahl. Hey, Eric, how's it going? How is everybody doing out there? It's been a great week so far. I'm excited to get some chat in it this week. We've got some big shit to talk about. A lot of stuff to talk about. And and truthfully, when I say one and only, I mean one and only that you're the only one joining me today. That's true. We have we have the 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 flu bug or the, the sinus fever or whatever it is is caught Ramsey. Um so a little taste of just Eric and and Coach Dahl this week, which is exciting because uh we did this once before and I think that might have been like the second or the third highest rated uh, uh, episode that we've done. So uh, we might be on to something here. Yeah, we might be. We might be. Um, and you know what the fun thing is, Justin, is you and I might actually get to talk a little bit of baseball because we won't get derailed. That's right. I'll, I, I, am, I am willing to venture into that world and talk a little baseball with you, but it is always fun to throw a little slander your way and, and uh, it, about the baseball stuff. But I, I am a true baseball fan a little bit, but not this, not at this point of the season. So, You'll, you know, you said, it, you said the magic word. You said slander, which often means uh, untrue, unfounded, inconspicuous, fake. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's all. I'll take it because I know it, it's just that. It's slander. Did you just look that up? Nah, man. I got a very wide vocabulary. Always have, always will. <laughs> you, you have a you have the the Fisher's dictionary. I I do. You know. Okay. It's, it's something right. special. That um, is something to be appreciative of. I would say so. Uh, and actually, it's, I would say I have the the thesaurus, uh, finding Ooh. alternate and colorful words for different occasions instead of just using the bland diction. It, that it some might, people use. It might have been that education you got. Yeah, that Jill school system really <laughs> all all fired some cylinders with that. So uh, with that, we start the episode with what we always kind of mention here. So our partners over at <laughs> Monkey Knife Fight, our friends over there, you know, play the contest. I'm not going to lie to you, Justin. I'm a little bit of a cold streak at this point. I know a couple weeks ago I was riding hot. And, uh, well, lately the Brewer Bats have been turning around, so I've been yeah. kind of going bad on my – my strikeout predictions. So it hasn't been too, too great for yours no. truly. And it's always, you know, the, the guys I don't expect to hit home runs, you know, on yeah. uh, the, in the losing effort after five straight wins on, on Tuesday, it was Colton Wong leaving the yard twice. It was Tyrone Taylor leaving the yard twice. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. So I couldn't mm. even play the home run derby properly. The home run derby contest <laughs> they have on there. So yeah, a little bit of a cold streak, but we'll, we'll come back. And then our yeah. awesome friends over at Ray's Energy, uh, you know, Rep Sports, code ROOT4, R-O-O-T, number four. Get yourself some Ray's Energy, power your life, you know, join the Ray's Rebellion. Good stuff over there. So with that, you know, we kind of go from right into the positives. Our, what, we're root, what we had rooted for this last week, that's sponsored by Fanatics. Fanatics love on. And whether you're at the top of the world winning a championship or your team's in complete rebuild and a total dumpster fire, that is the Fanatics love on. 
they you know they have stores for all the teams out there like i said 300 plus powered stores baseball football wow. basketball hockey you name it it's out there and probably some more that i'm not even mentioning here so 300 plus stores fanatics love on justin what did you root for this week I rooted for it, and this is for me to uh, just go out there, nip this in the butt, and I know Ramsey was probably chomping at the bit to make me eat my words, but the Bucks sweeping, sweeping the heat. Like, just did not see that coming. Uh, and not only that, but I think the average of of win over the four games was like 20 points. And that's so, – that's really saying something considering game one was what two points, I think. Yeah, they dominated the series. So um just really happy about that. Uh, a little worried about the layoff that they're gonna have uh until their their first game with the Nets in Brooklyn on Saturday. That's you know, you're talking about almost over a week of uh of a layoff there. So um we'll see we'll see how it goes. Um you can definitely tell that the Bucks depth is go- is going to have to play huge in, in this series. So, yeah, that's what I rooted for. Uh, I thought the big three played well. They dominated the series, uh, just reaffirmed themselves as contenders. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, having to have that depth. One key piece of depth is going to be missing in that series. And as far as the Bucks would be going, that'd be Dante DiVincenzo. Yeah. Ruled out yeah. for the rest of the season here with that uh, that injury. So, I mean, I'm expecting, I think he's up for the task. I think Bryn Forbes is going to have to be that guy that he's. Yeah. You know, that that's an interesting um, dilemma because uh, in game four, they, they started Connington, uh, but you, you know, you saw Bryn Forbes really step up and then Jeff T kind of really just eat up some more minutes. It will be interesting to see which route they go with, with, um, whether Connington's going to start or they're going to keep bringing Forbes off the bench or they're, they're going to flip-flop those two and, and keep Forbes or, or move Forbes into the starting lineup. You uh, know, who, who wouldn't that be a bad start? I mean, I could I could very realistically seeing even Teague breaking that starting lineup just with the experience, keeping Forbes off the bench like a spark plug that he's been. Yeah, That's... the problem with that is, is you know, what do you play for a backup point guard at that point? You know, that's, that's kind of what's true too. Yeah, that's a good point. So right. that that's kind of the only question, and that's really where he, uh, where, where um, DiVincenzo kind of really picked it up, and and he played a little on the ball, bringing the ball. Up. But you know they could do so many things. They they can move, they can move uh, Giannis to point forward and just stick a bunch of three pointer shooters around him. So there, there's a lot that it'll be interesting to see the schemes that Budenholzer draws up. Yeah, and you know I t- I said it last week, and I'll say it again. The biggest difference in this series versus last year against the Heat was going to be Drew Holiday. And Drew Holiday, I I cannot say enough just how great the guy has played and really stepped into that third role in the big three. I mean, monumental. No offense, offense, Eric Bledsoe, but uh, thanks. You're not him. You you in it, man. Um, So I'll go with that into what I had rooted for. And and I'm going to kind of take Ramsey's piece here and talk about some racing Ty Majeski, our guy from yeah. Wisconsin yeah. first truck race of the year with Thor Motorsports gets it done he was up front almost all race he started 31st uh, almost had, won a stage 
Yeah, they had rained out uh, qualifying, so they didn't get a chance to qualify. So they were based on owner points and points. Um, having not run a race all year, he got the 31st starting spot and ran up. He, like I said, he was in the front all race. Just And he made a quick work of it, too, to get up front. Ran seventh. I ended up finishing uh, seventh place. And then on Sunday night, you know, the Coca-Cola 600, Hendrick Motorsports getting it done in one, two, Dominated again. One, two, four, five, was it? Or one, three, yeah, four, Kyle Bush. You're absolutely right. Uh, it was one, two, four, five. Bush finished uh, third, kind of broke it up, stole it at the end there. But I mean, Kyle Larson dominated the race, man. I think he led almost 300 laps or so. He's, he's all the four, first. Ser- or all four uh, stages, stages, too. Yeah. And, and with he's that, the- I mean, I think the most entertaining part to me was I, I'm a big fan, so I, you know, I don't catch every race or all race, but um, to me, the biggest way to catch up and get the, the real full story of the race is to watch uh, Fox Sports' Radioactive on Tuesday nights. Yeah. And You're a big fan of that. You, I, I really, you I think it's so cool. I, I think it's so cool. You know, you get to see the radio communication from in the race and, and see what the teams are dealing with, get a different yeah. look into the drivers and, and just kind of see how the race progresses and, you know, get different, you know, aspects of stories that, you know, happen throughout the race and happen throughout the season. But even on top of that, then um, the most telling thing, I think that NASCAR as a whole feels it, but Kyle Busch vocalized it. Uh, they were talking at the end of the race when he was getting out of the car and, you know, hey, good race, you know, you did your best. And Kyle Busch said back to his spotter and his crew chief, yeah, we had a good enough car. We smashed the competition, but we got a problem with HMS. And boy, do they, because yeah. that's – three straight weeks of HMS dominance and I don't see it going away anytime soon. Well, not only that, there's a couple landmarks that were, were surpassed in that race um, just for Hendrick Motorsports to become the all-time winningest uh, organization in, in, in NASCAR with the, their 269th win uh, passing Petty Motorsports. And then Kyle Larson is the first, first, uh, First guy to lead a thousand laps of the season, so um, just just some huge. I mean, you're not you're not, you're not even halfway through the season, and the dude's already led over a thousand laps. So he he's seen he's seen the the front. He's he's raced in clean air almost all season. Uh, he's dominating the series. It was nice to see him finally get his second win because, quite honestly, the he he should have maybe five or six wins. He's He's been that dominant this season. So, yeah, no, just, it's been so much great fun. Race. And just to see what, um, you know, all the the entire Hendrick Motorsports team, pit crews, uh, drivers, Rick and Jeff Gordon in the, in the victory lane on Sunday night, they had a really cool picture of the entire mm-hmm. HMS team. So that was really cool. And I obviously don't have anybody there because probably don't have the builders of the engines and, and all that, but right. Um, Over yeah, really 600 crazy. employees they have there. That's a crazy, crazy stuff. Indeed. So we go from the positive to the negative to, um, from what we had rooted for to our tire here on Nogi of the week. And I'll leave this one off and I'm going to stay with racing on this one. Um, you know, actually I'm going to stay with the truck race too. And, and I'm not the biggest truck fan rate, you know, truck racing fan. I, um, had watched actually my first race of the season, just, you know, how schedules line up too. Um, to watch Ty on, on Friday night. And uh, I had watched that in Sheboygan with Shauna and she was expecting it to be like F one fifties out there. And I had to, no, 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 it's, it, it's a lot different, but um, so we were watching the race and at the end of the race, the, 
another Wisconsin native, Johnny Sauter, got in a pretty nasty accident. Yeah. Uh, you know, good, good, uh, you know, good thing. He, you know, he's fine. Everything like that. You know, he was fine. You know, they had, they had the communication uh, with him almost right away, but uh, really should have been preventable in two things, uh, how NASCAR and they came out today and, and said that, but the first thing they said was that the yellow should have been thrown earlier. Um, I can't remember exactly who it was. And so, you know, again, not the biggest truck fan, but um, uh, just a very preventable accident when the one truck had blown a tire, was up in the wall and then sliding down and out of turn three and into turn four. And then, you know, huge pack of trucks coming. Solder gets taken out because he got pinched between two guys, essentially. And the guy who was coming off with the blown tire and, um, another racer he was going against and, and just, you know, kind of ran out of steam there. So got pinched, lost, you know, most of the side of his truck. And then NASCAR also taking fault for uh, not responding out to him quick enough. And, you know, luckily he was okay, but could have been a really nasty scene. And, and quite frankly, something that, you know, NASCAR was concerned about safety last weekend at circuit of America. You know, you've heard uh, Joey Logano being very outspoken about safety yeah. in the series and, and just to have another kind of, you know, not necessarily a black eye, but uh, another punch to the, ch the chops that probably could have been avoided in the first place and then just did not follow it up properly either. Well, I'll tell you that accident with Sauter was really scary. Uh, for for the most part, as a fan watching on, on TV, you didn't, um, you didn't, you didn't see him put the window net down and, and you don't necessarily get to hear the radio talk right away that they're talking to him. Mm -hmm. uh, but it took, it took him a long time to, to put the window net down, which is like the universal sign for, you know, I'm okay. Everything's okay in here, but it, it, it damn near took half that car off, just clean, cleaned out one side of the car. And it was just a, a very scary, scary hit. Um, almost head on straight into the back of, I don't just some guy that shouldn't even been out there to be honest with you, but just, yeah. So that, that was probably the worst part of that race, but uh, the truck race in awe was really, really exciting. You know, your, your guy, you rooted for time at Jeske was just, just did the, did the small things to keep climbing. And I know, uh, in our group chat here in the podcast chat that I I've been kind of tough on them and, 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 you know, I'm not the biggest fan of racing Toyota, but you, you take the, you take the opportunities when you get them. And he, he definitely made the most of it, uh, um, Friday night. So congratulations to him and NASCAR's kind of got to shape up and, and figure it out. Um, it's kind of a couple bad incidents or, or races over the last two weeks. So. NASCAR's got shape up. Yeah, your nugget of the week. My nugget of the week is the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, here it, we go. And this makes me so happy, so happy because you know I know you and the Ram Jam. You guys are are complete LeBron fans, and he's the greatest ever. Yada yada. He is not, and he proved it because he got his ass beat last night, Tuesday night by the Phoenix Suns. And I want to say I am now fully on the Phoenix Suns bandwagon. I mean, Devin Booker is a star. 
Uh, DeAndre Ayton is a star. They got Frank the Tank on that team. How can you not love a team with Frank the Tank? I, and the Lakers, without AD, just laying an egg. They had two or three. It might have been three starters that went 0-4 in the whole game. Didn't score a point. Didn't score a point. Yeah, How can bad. you be a championship team and have two or three of your starters not score a point? These guys are phonies. LeBron's a phony. You can get out of here with that LeBron's the greatest talk because he should be carrying that team against a young team that doesn't necessarily know how to win yet in a big series. LeBron's a phony. He needs people around him that, that can carry his ass. So go, Suns. Forget you, Lakers. No, yep, that that's about that was actually pretty better than I expected it to be. Um, no, I will fully say that that game on Tuesday was an expletive show um, that should Laker the Lakers Laker fans Laker organization should be embarrassed by. Um, that said, I'm not I'm not sweating yet. You know, I, I got to see a. I hope you know AD's back game six. Um, personally speaking, just because of how you know he's, you know such a key part of that team but you said it yourself you know three guys in the starting five go over and, and you know you can only do so much as as one man um Le- that said lebron's 14 and 0 in the opening round hopefully it's not a 14 and 1 type situation i i don't ever write him off because when his back's against the wall is where he's at his best um but i don't know if he's got the surrounding cast and that's any team but like i'm i'm not anti-suns by the way this is just because i'm a lebron fan Man, I love I'm Devin Booker. I love Frank Tank. You know, Devin Booker is oh. that guy. He is so exciting to watch. Um, so with that, that oh, guy no. can hit a shot from anywhere on that side of the on on his side of the half court. I mean, he might even throw one up from half court. That guy can hit a shot from anywhere. You know, off the off the dribble, off the off the bounce, or or anything. I mean, that guy is a bona fide superstar. Yeah, he no, is. Awesome. I will not say a bad word about Devin Booker. He is exciting. He's got that in the gym range. Just can't really point out a bad part of his game. And and truthfully, a great build considering when he came in. I mean, he was kind of supposed to be that, you know, that prolific scorer. And he had moments of it. You saw flashes of it. But, yeah, this is yeah. just a whole different thing. So, good good for Devin Booker. But uh, go Lakers. So yeah. With that, <laughs> uh, with that. We go with our trip around the state of Wisconsin. We talked pretty extensively here about the Bucks already, but um, you know we have a chance to kind of preview that series here a little bit. So, uh, do you want to get into that first, or do you want to go around the state before we get to that, Justin? Well, I, I think that's going to be a little bit longer, so we can uh, we can dive into the the Brewers who are on a hot streak, or we could go we could go into the, you. You said you were checking out a T Rats game uh, on. On Thursday night? Yeah, by the time this is recorded, I'll already have been there. But uh, Wisconsin Timberlers, do, they do something cool the last three years now, or the last three seasons, I should say, So because last year didn't have a season. But the last three seasons, uh, a salute to Wisconsin in, in the most minor league baseball way possible. Uh, yeah. For those of you who don't know, minor league baseball is known for crazy promotions, crazy jerseys, crazy gear, everything like that. So for this weekend and this weekend only, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers aren't aren't going to be a team. They're going to be the Wisconsin Utter Tuggers. Utter Tuggers. In, in homage awesome. to our uh, homage to our our dairy history, with it being June Dairy Month here, 
so they've got a really cool uh you know rendition of the mascot and they've got you know blue and as their primary color they'll have uh some cool different jerseys they do they got some cool giveaways i know thursday night is going to be the utter tugger mascot bobblehead that's what i'm going for uh, i think they have an utter tugger fanny pack that they're doing on sunday They'll have Friday night uh, fireworks, Saturday night. I think they have fireworks as well. Uh, a That's couple awesome. giveaways there. So, yeah, a lot of cool under Utter Tuggers gear going on. So, if you get a chance, you know, maybe make an appearance out there and, um, you know, Fox City Stadium in Appleton. Get to see Garrett Mitchell finally back on the roster. He spent some time out with injury. Um, so, Garrett Mitchell, number one prospect for the Burgess organization, number one draft pick last year. Uh, just got engaged this weekend to softball player and TikTok star Haley Cruz. Uh, so good for him. You know, great week for him, rooting for him this week too. So hell yeah, lots of stuff going on at the good old ballpark down in Appleton. Um, yeah, that's shaping up to the the major league team. Um, Brewers have won five of their last six. Kind of hot right now, yeah. Offense finally backing up the pitching a little bit here. Even in the loss on Tuesday, uh, that was a ten to seven loss. I mean. It, boring football game but hell of a baseball game Heck really yeah get you upset about that other than and, and there were a lot of there were a lot of home runs in that game weren't there like five? i believe four guys if i'm not mistaken it was either three or four guys had two home runs in that game uh two home wong, runs each. yeah right colton wong and tyrone taylor for the brewers each left the yard twice um if i believe if i'm not mistaken i think jonathan scope former brewer and I can't remember the other the other cat from the Titans. Yeah, that but. son of a gun. He really got hot during during that Brewers series. He, he homered in both games, I think, didn't he? I believe so. Yeah, but um, yeah, good. So I mean, they split the series against the Tigers, which less than ideal because they're one of the worst teams in the league. But uh, just came off a sweep of the Nationals and a little three game set out in Washington, yep. and then a win to cap off the Padres series that they had split two to two. Um, actually, t- you know, doing some damage against the Padres. I think they had gone six and uh, six and two in that four game set each on, on each uh, home field. So, or five yeah. and two, I believe. But either way, doing some work out against the team dominating the NL West. Yeah, uh, so I'll tell you that, that that NL Central is is shaping up to that is it could be a a damn good race all the way through. Um, from now until till October, that that's shaping up a three team race and and you know they're really teams man. Just the only downside of that is just the fact that uh, the Brewers had the offense to back up their pitching all season. I think they'd be running away with the Central, wouldn't even be close. But man, three of the best pitchers in baseball, three of the best starting pitchers in baseball, two of the best arms at the end of the bullpen. Uh, we'll have to see if we can get Matt back on around the time of the All Star break. Yeah, some Brewers catch up. You know, potential moves towards the deadline things like that and so evaluate i've got one question now i I was paying a little bit of attention to to our local sports radio show today um on the way home from work now there's talk again of sending hira down casting hira down to the miners do you think that's going to happen eric i mean he he was raking down down in the miners He, he started off he was batting 438 in the miners and he comes up and he's like 0 for 20 or 1 for 21 or something like that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not quite sure, Justin, because, you know, he, we know he can hit. He's hit at every level except this one. And even he's shown flashes of being such a good hitter. Honestly, it might be a mental thing here. 
because we know he can hit. He was tearing the cover off the ball in Nashville. So I, I really don't know what to say, you know, if it's just a mental thing or he's back, he's trying to press too much yeah. or or what it's the really, deal is. It really kind of draws your 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 question when we were talking to Matt was uh, it, earlier in the, in, in the season was, was this switch to first base really going to kind of screw him up? And it kind of feels like that that's really just just mentally just screwed him up and, and – you know, that's unfortunate because the guy the guy had, you know, big time player hitting ability. And he showed that kinda in his rookie season when he came up. Um in the yeah. middle of the season, and, and that's that's the weird thing is the only thing I can think of though is is where where do you go as if you know, with the infield then? I mean you're not gonna start Daniel Vogelbach every game. Um, you know, Travis Shaw's either gonna have to play second or third or first, you know, he's and he's not exactly, I mean, he's hitting 200 or just under 200 right now. Which, yeah. I mean, he's got pop, but it's not that average. And we knew that coming in. We knew we kind of expect, but hope, you know, hoping for a little bit better average. But, um, you know, with this Willie Adamas trade that makes Luis Urias, you can kind of move him around if you need to, uh, considering, you know, he really just needed a change of scenery. Willie Adamas, I was kind of skeptical of trading for him at the time when they did, uh, you know, kind of had that makings of another Luis Urias or Orlando Arcia guy. Yeah. Who, defensively awesome and and just you know hasn't hit that great the major league level but yeah you know his let me ask you yeah what what do you think do you think they had they have some some young talent they they have some some options that they can move around do you think they go for a bona fide um kind of big time player at third base or or at first base and and kind of solidify those because there's one of two ways. I mean, you, you go for it and you, and you, you kind of get the guy that's on the last half of his contract or the last half a year on his contract. And then he's a free agent mm-hmm. and you don't have to give up as much for that guy. Or do you give up something for, for the guy that's a bona fide superstar that has two or three years left on the contract and maybe, you know, some arbitration years left on it. Um, just to solidify those and really kind of make a run at it while you, while you still got some of the the, the up and comer stars that you have and Yelich and Garcia and, and Narvaez and and the pitching that that you have that's that you're not really paying a whole hell of a lot to that you can kind of use for for the time being. Um, th- those are good questions that they're going to have to answer because I mean, if they're, if they're going to stay competitive in this, there's two weak spots right now that they need to, to kind of shore up and, and, and figure out. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's an excellent question, Justin. I mean, we know, I mean, Urias is, you know, he's inconsistent, but he's streaky, you know, he can get hot and, and rip the cover off the ball. Adamas. I, like I said, I go back to Adamas. I think he's kind of a, a really great early season add on here where, you know, I really probably just need to change a scenery. He gets, you know, he's been hitting the ball hard all season, but just wasn't finding grass. And, and you know, now just that change of scenery, he's reunited yeah. with Avisael Garcia. Um, he's got the energy with Colton Wong up the middle because they seem like they're hitting it off and they've been together for less than a week. Um, but just those two, I mean, you know, you're, you're up the middle is shored up, you know, at first base and third base are kind of your questions. You've got, you know, a guy, a name to look at here, Justin, and a name I just pulled up here is Bryce Terang. And Bryce Terang, 
and this is ultimately kind of going to answer your question, is a guy who, if you thought he could maybe move to third, because he's been playing, he's primarily come up as a shortstop and second baseman. He's 21 years old. Um, been the, he's the Brewers' number two overall prospect uh, in the organization. So he's a guy that maybe if you think he could play that third base role, maybe a, a, an option to look at. Or Lucas Ursig, another option who could yeah. maybe fit into that third, that other infield spot. But those two guys are also guys that you could see potentially get moved for, like you said, to go out, get that bigger guy. You know, I, I can't even think who would be on the, the as a target, uh, but maybe you go get that that third baseman stud or that first baseman who can hit the ball, cover off the ball at will. So just, just a couple avenues to explore um, yeah. with that. And then, yeah, we'll see. I think. If anyone's going to get, you know, kind of on the block here, it could be Bryce Terang. He's in double A right now. Um, so really it just depends on where the Brewers see their franchise. If if they don't see Adamas or Colton Wong being here for the long time and they're just here to maybe win a ring, maybe they go out and make a package with him in it. Or, like I said, maybe they see if he can play third some and uh, come up from there. So I guess we'll see. Uh, but that's, yeah, that- that's the name that I would probably focus on is, is Bryce Terang. That really, that really, you know, the the one question out of everything you just said, you know, that really transitions into what you're going to ask is what the hell do you do with Hira now? Um, you know, they say his arm is too weak for a third. It was too weak for a second. Um, he mentally can't get it figured out at first base with the bat. So, you know, kind of right now, he his trade value is not worth – anything i would assume right well there's always there's always spots for guys that can and hit and there's two you know there's kind of three things you can do with Kesson here uh option one is you can you know you can look at kind of doing what they actually did with corbin burns in 2019 when he had his struggles and and corbin burns is you know one of you know bona fide you know cy young candidate you know this year and last year where they had sent him down to the minors and just said, you're down here the rest of the year, figure it out. And maybe that's an option you do. Maybe, you know, there's always guys, you know, if you wanted to look at a trade um, to maybe like an American league team where it can maybe just DH for a team that's short on a guy, put him as part of a trade package too. And, you know, see if maybe he's a guy who like a Domus just needs that change of scenery. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I'm not saying that that's the case. I don't think that's what I would vote for to do either but it's an option that you may have to explore if, if you're not committed to him long-term. Uh, the third thing is just kind of, you know, maybe leave him go and, and kind of let his, his bat, you know, figure itself out. Like I said, I think he's trying to press too much and, and, and just try to show everybody, you know, Hey, at the minor leagues fixed me. And, and we know he can hit, I, I don't have a, you know, I'm not the manager. I don't have to fill out that and that roster card every day. And, I don't have to answer for that as an answer, you know, as a decision either. So I, I really don't know what to do with that, but that's kind of what I see as options right now is, you know, maybe say, Hey, you know, you're down here till at the very least September, maybe as a call up, like a late season call up and just kind of go the Corbin Burns route. You know, don't, you know, don't worry about coming back this year, figure yourself well, out, figure it out mentally and, and go from there. I guess, uh, you know, this here thing is so interesting because if you're going to figure it out, you get, you know, you've got Urias, and then now you've got Adamas, and and everybody was talking about, oh great, we traded for Adamas, and at the time he was batting two hundred, 
and you know Urias was under 200 so we what did we gain out of that well nobody was really looking at the defensive side of the ball Urias had had nine errors or something like that at the time right and that's really shaped up but you know I agree I think I think what what they should do is is they should really shape him up shape up here but they should they should shape him down to the minors and spend the rest of the year at third base and just try, you know, just try to get that arm stronger and really just mentally figure out who cares about the bat right now. Get him somewhere where you know he can lock himself in for a long time and figure it out, and the bat will come back, you know. Um, the pitches ain't going to change. His eyesight's not going to change. He's going to figure it out. I think defensively with, without a home, you know, it's really messing with them and he's got to, they have to figure something out for them. Yeah. But anyway, that's, that's not our call to make. <laughs> Luckily, You're speaking, right. cause we don't Thank have a God. job sitting on that. So yeah, I'm not making um, millions of dollars a year doing it. So, <laughs> so Wish with I that, would. uh, we can, do you want to go bucks or badgers here? Ooh, we could go both or either, or I, I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to roll with either one. We'll, we can hit the Bucks real quick. The Badgers are going to be a little shorter, but uh, the Bucks, the Bucks. I mean, how exciting! I mean, you're talking about a, a chance to to who play who many think is the, is the best team in the East with you know three of maybe the top three of the best players that maybe top ten players in the league that on the same roster. How often does that happen? Uh, the depth is huge. Is going to be a huge factor. It's interesting, um, you know. And Kevin Durant is playing lights out right now for the Nets, so it's exciting. I'm excited. I'm excited to see the matchups. Um, what Boonholzer is going to do with that that empty uh, starting spot? Uh, I, I really would favor putting Bryn Forbes in and starting him there. And kind of playing Connaughton off, but you know, there's got to be a reason, and I'm excited to see which way he goes. Yeah, I I think this is going to be probably the most interesting series, probably in round two, to be honest with you. Uh, just looking at the you know the pedigree that the Knicks have with those names, and honestly, I think that's a a big contributing factor here. Is just it's the names, you know. Yeah. You look at you know Kevin Durant and and Kyrie Irving, James Harden, even to a lesser extent Blake Griffin. Uh, you know, four very big names that have dominated basketball for most of the 2010s in some capacity. And and now here in 2020, here we are, uh, mm-hmm. you know, facing off against the the kind of what was destined to be like the, the you know, the supposed to be the small market team that kind of got the superstar, got the second guy organically, you know, early on trade in his career. And he mm-hmm. kind of blossomed into a, a second guy. And then now with that Drew Holiday uh, trade, how big of a move that was to go get a guy who yeah. can be that bona fide third player. And actually, I, you know, I'd almost argue that he's a true number two in the sense that you know he can score, he can he can kind of play that role of getting assists when needed. He can get rebounds when needed. Yeah, um, I would totally agree with you. I, I, you know, Drew Drew Holiday must he's got to be the number two guy. Uh, Middleton has really kind of just been surpassed, but Middleton's played great too. Um, yeah, and this that's not a knock on Middleton. I know Ramsey would love to go off on 
on Chris Middleton, but that's and his that's contract is it as if his contract would play a factor into this into this series right here right now. Whatever he, he's there, he's there, and he, you know he's got to make shots. I hope defensively we can figure it out. Kind of limit those guys. I mean, Harden had a triple double. I mean, each one of those guys are a walking triple double. So, um, it, it, it's a scary series. But if you shut, if you could shut them down or just figure it out, man, uh, they have a shot. They have a shot at it. And I don't think there's a team beyond the Nets that really scares the Bucks. Um, that they can't make the finals. Yeah. No, I I am excited for this series. And you know, really looking at this series. Um, you know, the defense Genzo injury definitely is going to hurt. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily interested. I mean, I, I know that the, the offense will be there in some capacity. I think I'm really curious to see, you know, we talked about it quite a bit, maybe two weeks ago, um, with what the bucks are going to do defensively. Yeah. And Genzo throwing, you know, getting hurt and being off really throws a wrench in it, you know, cause at one point we were talking about, well, maybe you play Diva Genzo on Kyrie and match up a little better, or you play DiVincenzo on, on, on Harden, you know? So not having DiVincenzo really hurts, but is Connington a defensive star that you, that you could say the same thing? Who knows? I, yeah. I don't know that you can answer that question. No, we can't answer it till Saturday, but I, I tell you what, I, I am more and more of a believer in, in what I had said two weeks ago, and, and Drew Holiday needs to be on Kyrie Irving. I, 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 really, I agree. Yeah. I, I really can't see a way around that. I mean, obviously Giannis is going to match up on KD. That's just kind of the way that has to be there. Um, I, I think Chris Middleton actually probably would match up pretty well defensively on James Harden. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not saying that that's the go-to, you know, choice. I think DiVincenzo probably could have been that guy on, on Harden or, you know, you, you wouldn't be as necessarily terrified of a, of a switch of Harden and Kyrie are coming up the floor and, and, you know, once it's a pick or something like that, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see as to if it is Connaughton or if it is Bryn Forbes, or maybe just as a true, true rotation of, you know, not like necessarily in every other minute, but just kind of going, you know, truly splitting that role um, in that 50, 50 kind of capacity and, and seeing how Jeff Teague fits in there too. Yep. So, you know, a lot of answers to see and how Budenholz are, how Budenholz are rolls here, but um, I guess we'll see on Saturday. That's what they play the game for. So, yeah, obviously, that, yeah, obviously, the sexy matchup through, through it is you know it's going to be KD versus Giannis, right? And Giannis, Giannis is going to have to hit some shots, and I'm not talking about shots from two feet. I'm not talking about free throws. I'm talking about shots. They're going to let him shoot the deep ball, and Giannis is going to have to hit those shots to open up that lane for. For his teammates, if Giannis hits shots from 18 to 23 feet, the Bucks are going to win the series. If Giannis goes cold and, and doesn't uh, doesn't deliver in, in the moment, going to be a long series for our Bucks. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and you know all we can do is sit here and and see what happens and have plenty to talk about over the weekend and and you know stay tuned to our Facebook page for our takes on that. Um, each day as that kind of goes on here. But with that, I guess we can go into the Badgers here because a uh, pretty big weekend or last couple of days here for the Badgers now that the, the dead period's off. Uh, we can start with the transfer. I'm going to I'm gonna guess that's pronounced Shea. 
Uh, I, I looked at the running back. So the Badgers land a four-star recruit out of Clemson, or transfer from Clemson. Um, I believe it's Shane McClure. I'm not going to – I don't want to murder his name too bad. Or Shane Malusi. I'm, yes. I'm guessing that's how that's pronounced. Shane Malusi uh, transferring to Wisconsin and for, former four-star recruit. Um, I, you know, I watched some of his his highlight tapes, and they're just that highlights, but a lot to be excited about with him coming into Wisconsin. Oh, I mean, you, you talk about a guy that's transferring from you know, uh, uh, perennial house in in, in uh, Clemson. Uh, um, I think he, he racked up yards on seventy carries last year. Um, huge game. He's a he's a four star kid coming out of high school. He was an army. Um, he's gonna come in and he, he's gonna fit right in right away as as part of a one two punch with Jalen Berger. Um. The, the superstar uh, sophomore running back, uh, he might even carry a f- freshman status with, with this COVID deal. I'm not too sure on that. I believe but, he uh, does, yeah. yeah. Um, no, so just a kind of a pro comp here, not of his high school re- recruiting profile. As a high schooler, was recruited as a fourth and seventh round draft pick compared to Jay Ajayi, a good build with room to add 10 to 15 pounds, wide shoulders, great vision, patience, and balance. Adept at a one cut, getting up the field, explosive through the hole, changes direction at high rate of speed, comfortable between the tackles, runs with low pad level, sets up blocks nicely, pass catching threat, tough to tackle at the second level, excellent jump cut, has to show he can get the edge and pick up tough yards to move chains, adding strength in the upper body is important, fine tuning receiving skills, increases impact, multi-year contribute at our high level power five program, third day NFL draft pick. So that's that's out of high school. That's so really, yeah, that's a, what he can build on that, or how he's built on that, um, especially being behind Travis Etienne for so long. Five foot eleven, two hundred pounds, just uh, has a little quick shift. There's some that were, and these guys are going to play together for a couple of years now. Um, that are going to kind of connect the dots between maybe a ball and and uh, James White um, duo, which is. Awesome. Uh, if we could duplicate that with our new running backs coach, um, it's exciting stuff. So uh, just a big get. It's just, you know, the, the recruiting situation for the Badgers, and this is one of my favorite topics all, every year, is I follow this, you know, religiously. Uh, the recruiting situation for the Badgers this year was just uh, starting off to a slow start. No, no, they're getting a bunch of recruits to come on here in early June. It's kind of their – their strategy to get get them here and get them around the lake when it's real nice out, um, just just a beautiful area to sell yourself. Um, so we'll see if it really picks up. But this is this is a great start to the month of June for uh, Badger recruiting. This guy's going to come in and, and and play some big minutes for the Badgers. Yeah, and then, you know you look at the other big story that broke today uh, was Chris McIntosh named Badgers new athletic director. Huge. Just a huge deal. He's a he's a homegrown. Um, he was clearly Barry Alvarez's pick. Um, he's been the deputy director. Do you know how long he's been the deputy director, Eric? He I'm has been the deputy pick. athletic director since 2017. 
Okay, so he's been there for a while, four years, and this was clearly Gary Alvarez's um, handpicked guy. Um, they did a national search, um, but I don't know how, how far they went into it because, uh, but I, I can't remember when Barry um, announced that he was retiring. That was that that had to be the volleyball national championships. So that maybe two months ago. So you know, two months is for a national search to uh, to, to kind of figure it out is is uh, kind of short time. And you know, maybe they just they felt like they had the right guy because this just happened in Northwestern. They they had a guy bounce out like seven five five or seven days after they hired the guy as their athletic director or president or something. So. Um, they had the homegrown guy, and, and they just went with him. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But, you know, the guy's got a great a great platform to bounce off of with what uh, Barry built here. Um, the one thing, you know, fans are always going to cry for uh, athletically for Wisconsin is that we need to get that baseball team back for, for the Badgers. And if, if he accomplishes that, he, he'll be uh, – He'll be in the record books for, for a long time to, to bring back the old baseball team for the Badgers. Well, it's definitely an uphill battle. I mean, the Big Ten is, you know, actually had a pretty good uh, build of baseball teams going on right now. I believe three teams made to the NCAA tournament uh, for baseball. Um, but, you know, ex, you know, just can't say enough about Chris McIntosh. Some of the quotes came out today uh, when he was announced the athletic director, Barry Alvarez, had said, I've known, you know, quote, I've known Mac since he was a teenager when he joined our football program. I'm extremely proud of what he has accomplished in his life. He epitomizes the transformational power of the student athlete experience at Wisconsin. He loves the Badgers and will put everything he has into building the foundation that has been established in our department. Uh, UW Chancellor Rebecca Blank, Chris is a natural leader who loves the Badgers and cares about our student athletes. He's uniquely positioned to continue our proud traditions of success on and off the field and doing things the right way. Chris will build upon those traditions and has a strong vision for leading the program during a time of change in college athletics. And then even um, Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith, Chris is an excellent hire and uniquely prepared to lead the Wisconsin University of Wisconsin Athletic Department. He has the highest of integrity, knows the culture of Badger athletics, and is respected by his peers at the Big Ten Conference. And will bring the former student athlete experience to his leadership style, which I feel is invaluable. So yeah. excellent, you know, high high praise for a guy who, I, I think we had mentioned, you know, how he was probably uh, the guy who should have been named from day one. Um, and I'm glad that they have, you know, made a what seems like a great choice here, uh, Badger guy through and through, native of Pewaukee, Wisconsin. Um, yeah, I really can't say a whole lot or a whole lot more about him in, in just the best ways here. So I'm excited, excited to see his future, and hopefully he can, you know, he, they they've got a great chance for long term stability here over ten years, ten to fifteen years with Paul Christ and and Greg Gard and and now him just starting out, you know, a, a great a great long term um, experience. Between those those uh, three would be fantastic. Uh, so hopefully it works out. Hopefully hopefully he uh, continues to grow on, on what Barry built, and um, it will. You know we'll see. 
when when he makes his first big hire or makes his first big fire or you know who's his guy what what type of person he's looking for to lead those programs um, so it'll be exciting he he doesn't have to do a whole hell of a lot uh, right off the bat Barry's got it figured out pretty big for him but exciting stuff exciting stuff yeah definitely and and with that i mean we can kind of transition just wrap up the show here you know lots of wisconsin news kind of going on and and you know when i was truthfully when i was making the episode didn't think we'd have a whole lot to talk about this week but uh lots of stuff to kind of break down that's all kind of happened throughout the week here uh the, we got to talk about the, the green Bay packers here uh, a couple things have come out nothing really pertaining to the rogers drama um, but just in terms of, you know, well, actually I should say that we're, we're officially at June 2nd at the time of recording here. Um, which means that if the Packers were to move Rogers, which has been reiterated by good earlier this week, that is not going to happen. Yeah. But it, you know, as of yeah. today, officially it would be, you know, quite significant savings in terms of that salary cap. So, you know, if it's going to happen, which I, again, I don't believe that it would. I think I said this last week when we were talking with Mason. Um, have no reason to believe that it wouldn't happen now that the draft has passed. But if they were going to, now would be the time that something could happen. I, again, don't think it will, but it's that June 2nd date. So um, something to kind of keep your eye out for to see what route the uh, Packers go with on that front. And then also just the you know, the kind of the story going around town today uh, was that with Robert Tunyon officially signing his free agent tender deal, uh, the way that the contract is structured does open up salary cap uh, to not only have Rodgers on the roster with his contract, but also to allow a little bit of flexibility here for the draft picks with, you know, especially Eric Stokes signing today, um, signing his first round deal. So, Pretty uh, pretty mundane, but interesting stuff over at 1265. Yeah, you know, it, I think I read that it, it allows them to have uh, somewhere around $6 million or $6.5 in available space before they sign all their picks. Um, who knows? You know, that changes That changes once you get down to, uh, to cut time. You, you lose some of that money, you, you'll go further under. Um, so maybe they'll they'll have an option to to find a, a big time veteran somewhere down the road and and uh kind of help out in, in some area. One one spot, you know, maybe they need a, a, a veteran offensive lineman. Maybe they they can kind of look at the Julio trade or they can look at uh you know some of the guys that are gonna inevitably get cut. There's gonna be some big names on the on the waiver wire. Um before the season actually really starts. So it'll be interesting. It's exciting. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not I'm still not sold on the Julio route. Um I you know I I really don't think that's the way to go. I think that the receiving car is deep enough the way it is. Um but what I would probably look at, you know, something that I thought they would address more heavily in the draft, but something that you can, you know, certainly if you can get a, a veteran here at this position would be that inside linebacker position. Yeah, don't um, disagree. Could be uh could be a defensive lineman to play opposite Kenny Clark. You know, there's a couple spots that that they could you know potentially invest in on a one year deal, one year term, and, and kind of get to the to to a good spot entering next year. And when the cap, they agreed that the cap wasn't going to go no higher than two hundred eight million dollars or something like that. So, right. 
you know, kind of get, they, they might have a shot at that kind of stuff. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, uh, signing Tunyon was big, you know. There's a cut, you know, you look at the roster, there's a couple bigger name guys that are, that could potentially get cut that aren't, you know. You know, you look at a guy like Jay Sternberger, when, when it's, you know, his time could come up and he hasn't really flashed and they've, they've got some exciting guys at tight end and offensive linemen. So that, you know, that's a talk for another episode, but you know, that's exciting stuff. They might, they might have the availability to uh, go chase a veteran. Yeah, no. And, and, you know, like I said, time will tell with that too. Um, something we really didn't get to talk about a whole lot, just, you know, the, the three of us, we were talking mostly with Mason and, and getting his opinion. And, and really, I'm not going to add too, too much more to it, but just with the, the Aaron Rodgers, Kenny main discussion, um, you know, as more and more time kind of goes on here, I'm more and more confident in the situation. You know, if, if that makes sense, like I think things can be slash will be resolved um, to a, at least a happy enough ending to have a, have the MVP back in town here and, and, you know, going at full strength and at the very least run it back one more time here, um, mm-hmm. 2021. Um, I, I think what it really comes down to as, as Mason had made a pretty good point of is just that how, you know, having that, that say in how the, the story ends. And I, I really think that's a big part of it. Uh, Green Bay really has not as much motivation to trade him or really, you know, he's going to be disgruntled. He's going to be disgruntled, but you know, as Mason said so well last week, um, you know, he, he's a guy who drives in and goes up and down Lombardi and looks to his right coming into town and, you know, sees the title town district, sees the new arena. And, well, you know, we're, we're running this business to, to be a business. Why aren't we investing in the team, investing in the players who've made this this legacy? And and I, I Mason basically said everything I would say last week. I, I you know, I didn't talk to him before about it before. Yeah. Smart kid. Smart guy. I mean, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> well, you, you know, that topic you could talk about for a half hour uh, on that. Um, you know, we're, we're obviously not going to touch. There There are some things I agree with that, and there are some things that I kind of disagree on that. Um, but, you know, maybe for another day. We'll save that for a rainy day. Yeah, so I guess, uh, you know, we can kind of wrap up here and and cut it off here. So I'll ask you the question, Justin, with the way we always said I'm or finish the episode with what are you rooting for this weekend this weekend eric i am gonna shock you okay i'm i'm you told me about this before we started recording and and i am really excited for what you're gonna go with here i am i am gonna bona fide bona shock you i don't even know if that's even a goddamn word but i i'm shocking myself okay I, i'm right. i'm waiting for it my wife and i Spent, uh, you know, because we're kind of on baby call. I told you before the show that, you know, it very possibly could happen very soon that that we'll have little uh, baby coming. So we're kind of just not planning things and and just staying about and around the house. So we spent the whole the whole weekend pretty much watching women's college softball, and okay. I tell you, it was electric. It was awesome. And, uh, you know, just seeing the different types of pitches that those young ladies can throw, um, you know, and, and they're whipping that ball in there 70 miles an hour, and it's insane. Um, uh-huh. Some great contacts, some great players, some great plays. 
the speed of the game is electric. It, it's, you know, it's fun to watch. Um, you know, my wife was a softball player, so she really dives into it, um, loves it. And, you know, anything that you, you could share with your wife is, is fun. But, uh, you know, also the, uh, the sub-regionals for, for college baseball start this weekend. Right. So, you know, you know, when it comes tournament time, you know, I, I'm really diving into this, this tournament time stuff is, is kind of fun. It reminds you of back in the day when you played little league baseball and you, you know, you, you lose one, you better not lose another because if you lose another, your ass is out of the game. So, um, so th- th- that's exciting stuff. So that's what I'm rooting for, Eric. I, I, I think I would have shocked you with that one. Yeah. And you know, I, I'll take the route here. I, I don't think it's a come as a surprise at all, but I, I truthfully love watching softball, college softball. Uh, not really a huge fan of college baseball, to be honest with you. Um, personally, just because I, I, I have a really hard time watching it, just because it's such a different game from what you see in minor league baseball and pro baseball, uh, where, I mean, bar, with a few exceptions, for the most part. It's a little part, watered down, yeah. You know, for the most part, most of the, the main guys, you know, because there is the alternate to, um, you know, college, they go pro right away out of high school and, and you get usually get like a good probably 50 50 60 40 split of of who you know you got Vanderbilt tear you know with their pitching and Jack Leiter they're probably gonna have two of the first three pitchers off the board um and, and the baseball side but you don't usually have that a whole lot you know usually have a couple college stars and a lot of high school picks coming off the board in the first round of the draft and then your depth guys are those those college guys who you know had good college careers but maybe you know maybe they chose the education route you know nothing wrong with that but or maybe they they wanted to see if they could improve their draft stock and had been like a a 15th pick out of high school and you know think they can maybe be a third or fourth round guy and after college so Mm -hmm. i I found it hard to root for i'm going to ask you though just with college softball if if you found a team that you're rooting for or or yeah you know enjoying the whole thing you know i've got i've got uh I've got a team that, that really is kind of I've jumped on their bandwagon, Oklahoma State, the Cowgirls. Uh their their coach is awesome. Kenny Kajuski, I think, or Gajewski or something like that. This dude is, you know, he, he's rocking the shades and he's got the goatee. He looks like your everyday guy. He's out there just barking at a at the umpires, you know, if it's a bad call, they're blocking the plate or anything. You know, this guy is the real deal. Um, they've got a great team. Um, some 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 players that can really bomb the ball out of the park. Uh, I think my 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 wife has really uh, taken to that team. But there's a couple underdog teams in there that are interesting. Georgia and and. Florida State, Florida State, I believe, was the 10th seed. And then Georgia was, is, or, or James Madison. There's two unranked teams um, that made it to the series. James Madison, obviously, uh, you know, from the Colonial Athletic Association is, uh, is, is quite the underdog. They went into Missouri and, and took out Missouri. Um, so, yeah, just just some a couple teams. You know, you you've got the regular teams there. UCLA is a powerhouse. Arizona's a powerhouse. Oklahoma's a powerhouse. Alabama's a powerhouse. So, uh, you follow those teams. Those those teams that are the the ones that are more than likely to uh, to make it to to the final series. 
but you know you, you can't help yourself but but root for uh for for a James Madison or a Georgia or a, or a Oklahoma State. So yes, uh, no, starts tomorrow. It, it does, and and normally I'd agree with you, Justin, and and I'm sure any listeners who are are just amazed that we're still talking about college softball. Um, I have always had an affinity for Pac-12 soccer or softball, excuse me. Um, yeah. I've, I've just been, I mean, I think they do it the best out there. Um, you know, I've, I've always, you know, not just be with Garrett Mitchell affiliation, but Oregon softball has always been really fun to watch. Uh, Washington was another team. I really liked watching Assist uh, sis Bates was their shortstop and yep. she was incredible. So I, I will echo that. I'm not, I mean, I'm surprised that you were watching it, I guess, in that sense, but I know I, I would give all the hype here for college softball. I'm going to take uh, one of my kind of non-surprising routes and, um, I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Brewers. I'll be down back in Milwaukee on Saturday, uh, down with the the significant other, Shauna. It's her birthday uh, tomorrow, actually, on the 3rd. So happy birthday, Shauna. Uh, so happy, happy birthday, to Shauna. Happy to be celebrating with you in, in multiple ways here. So, But we'll be spending the, the weekend down there and uh, with her, brother and, or her brother-in-law and her sister and, and her nephew. We'll be down in Milwaukee on Saturday. And then... Uh, spending some or her birthday weekend with her family in Sheboygan uh, on Monday or Sunday, excuse me. Uh, so a lot of, you know, fun stuff going on there. So really excited to be back at American family field third game on the young season already, Justin, I don't usually get to a whole lot of games, Holy cow. but I'll be at my third, third brewer game and Thursday night will be my fourth Tim Rattler game this season. So getting, making up for lost time. Uh, with that the a boy, run. that a boy, I've got one more, I've got one more shout out for you big e you were talking about birthdays so i want to say happy birthday to shauna and i want to say happy birthday to my beautiful wife uh who will celebrate her blah 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 birthday on sunday uh she will kill me if i if i say the 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 actual age uh eric you will learn that as you get deeper into your relationship not to uh divulge that information but uh, you know, uh, we're we're kind of hoping that uh, we might have a baby and a mama shared birthday. Uh, so we're thinking Sunday it could happen. Uh, so I'm really I'm really happy for her. she she's playing it low key. She doesn't want anything. She doesn't want to do anything. She kind of just wants to chill and have people get out of her face and you know stop <laughs> asking her questions now. So she she's she's getting to the nitty gritty. So happy birthday to my beautiful wife. I love you. Uh, I hope the day is everything you want it to be. I will, I'll I'll go that sentiment here for you, Justin. Happy birthday, Katie. I uh, hope that you have a wonderful day and and don't kill Justin over the weekend here. I, I'm going to be <laughs> selfish here though, just with your with your child here. Uh, I'm going to root for the. I don't you know I don't want Katie to be too much more miserable because I know you said it's it's been a little bit rough here the last couple yep. weeks of sailing, but. I'm gonna I'm gonna root for the original due date. I, I'm a big fan of the date that uh, that's that original due date. So <laughs> uh, I, I will I will I will let her know, and then when she listens to this episode, I'm sure she will chime in and probably want to ring you alive. And understandable. I've I believe it or not, you know, contrary, you know, never carried a baby, never will. So <laughs> for her to be on her third one, and and you know, in in the way you know. I can't imagine, but um, like I said, I, I'm rooting for that due date because, you know, maybe instead of a, 
uh, Mrs. Peckendall birthday. It's a it's a baby JJ and Eric shared birthday. Hey, you just ruined the baby's name. There were people still guessing. I we've known it was JJ. Oh yeah, you're right. I got to um, guess the actual JJ. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize, Eric. Uh, that's right. And you're going to try to do more of that slander, the anti-Eric slander. Just that. So <laughs> I'm not good with, at it. We wrapped up with what we started with. I think that's a great way to conclude the show. Episode 25 in the books. I'm Eric. That's Justin. Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. Thanks for listening to the Root World Wisconsin show. We're out. See ya. Salute.